I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quinton Williams. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one the Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like, Get like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing the block. Touchdown Jets. Welcome to Talking Jets. My name is Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I have Green Bean and Matt O'Leary. Matt, how you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. It's been a weird 24 hours or so. Um, as the football world has been kind of shaken to its core, but yeah, we're going to try to talk some Jets football. We're going to try to do some good and uh, talk up uh, a well-deserved charity and, you know, try to make the most of this. Green Bean, how are you doing tonight? Green Bean, we can't hear you. Oh, no. Oh, it says guest has muted himself. That's weird. Okay, we that's go. all right. We'll get back to Green Bean in just a second. I think he has to hop out and come back in. It's something on my end, I think, for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> always does that to you um but that's okay so while you try to figure that out uh tonight's stream for those of you guys that would like to participate uh, i pinned in the live chat the gofundme link to damar hamlin's charity uh chasing m's foundation community toy drive uh we're gonna donate all super chats from today's stream tonight's stream to that foundation uh, for everything, uh, you know, the whole football world. There's a lot of rivalries, a lot of things going on, but some things are bigger than football. Uh, and obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to the Bills family, the Hamlin family, uh, and everyone out there. So we'll uh, keep you guys in our thoughts, see if we could do some uh, some good for you guys out there. Uh, let me read real quick a little bit about the Community Toy Drive, the Chasing M's Foundation. Uh, this is on their GoFundMe. As I embark on my journey to the NFL, I will never forget where I come from, and I am committed to using my platform to positively impact the community that raised me. Sorry about that. Just getting Green Bean back in here. Um, cheers, Green Bean. Give me one second. I'm just rattling this off. Uh, I created the Chasing M's Foundation as a vehicle that will allow me to deliver that impact, and the first program is the 2020 Community Toy Drive. This campaign gives you the opportunity to contribute to our first initiative and positively impact children who have been hit hardest by the pandemic. 100% of the funds raised will go towards the purchase of toys for kids in need. Uh, the initial goal was 2500 As of me reading this, they're up to $5.3 million. I believe it was at $300,000 like within a half hour or hour of uh, you know that incident happening on the field last night. Uh, so I think it's fair to to start off our conversation uh, just just briefly about that, um, and then we can go into all the jet stuff. I, that was one of the most gut wrenching um, 
things I've ever witnessed, I think, on TV. That's, you know, I, I just seeing the ambulance out there and knowing, you know, I, I, I it was weird because like when I was I was actually streaming when it was going on and some one of my callers called in and said like, oh, hey, do you, like, do you see what's going on? And as I'm like watching it, I'm just at like a complete loss for words, you know, just no no way to talk about anything at that point, anything going on. Normally I do a two hour call and show. I had to, had to leave after an hour. I just very confused, wanted to hear what was going on uh, with everything there. Uh, as of right now, I think the last update I saw was he's at 50% uh, oxygen, which is better than the hundred percent he was getting. I'm assuming that's because of maybe the CPR, like the damage they do to the lungs when that's, when that's done. I don't know. I haven't seen anything actually official as far as like what happened to him. The, the video is was very scary and and unsettling. Uh, Greenbean, any thoughts on what you saw last night and overall how you're you know doing tonight? Uh, yeah, sorry about all the all the weirdness there, um, but well, here we are. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's one of those things, man. It brings everything in perspective. Like while we sit here and argue about uh, you know whether. Uh, one quarterback sucks or if another quarterback suck, if that removes the suck of this quarterback, while we do all that, it brings it into focus, man. You know, it's like, holy shit, like this, everything becomes real. And, you know, for me, it reminded me, there's a lot of people, this is the the craziest thing that's ever happened in NFL. And I beg to differ. I'm not taking anything away from it, but I remember uh, what it looked like sitting in the stadium for two hours or whatever it was, hour and a half, watching Dennis Bird. Uh, I'll lay on our field and it looked like he was um, looked like he was dead man and we didn't know what was going on now the scary part about this one it, with cardiac arrest like you could see them doing CPR and shit so it was like alarming like you know you could see like you felt like the energy it was like a, a craziness um, now look uh, all things being what they are you know, he's in, I don't know if he's still in critical. Last time I checked a few hours ago, they, they were still saying critical condition. Um, at least they got him there. Like whatever it is, imagine what could have happened if there weren't all those medical professionals uh, out there. There's a thing out there. I'm not sure if you young tykes know about it, but uh, my family, uh, lots of men in my family on my maternal side. Die Whoa, from Buffalo something. Jet fan dropping in with a $100 donation. Thank you so much, Buffalo. Uh, I'll get back. Back to Green Bean in just one second. I feel like this has deservedly jumped the the line here. Uh, Buffalo mm. Jet fan, thank you so much. He says, my students made Pray for Damar bracelets and sold them for his charity. They raised over $100 that we already posted. Uh, figured I'd match them here. Appreciate it, boys. Buffalo Jet fan, thank you so much. Thank this you. will absolutely go towards a good cause and good on your students for you know everything they're doing as well. So good stuff out there. Uh, Greenbean, sorry, did not mean to uh, cut you off. Yeah, I was talking about how the men in my family die uh, from something called the Widowmaker, uh, which is a specific kind of heart attack, which happens. There's very, very little um, precursor, just having a day and then boop. And if somebody doesn't get to you like immediately, you die. It, it, it kills, I think, I forget the stats, but uh, something in the 90 percentile or something. So I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, but it was reminiscent of a few of my, you know, my uncles and and uh, people in my family that have that and there was nobody there and they're, and they're gone. So I'm grateful. You know, I'm thankful we get to have this conversation uh, as opposed to what it could have been. 
and again, for me, it just reminded me of of Dennis Bird and, uh, you know, freaky shit. Again, like when we argue with each other about all this stuff, eh, it's fine. It's fun. It's what we do. It's it's okay. Every now and then, it's good to just kind of remind ourselves without something this drastic uh, that, hey, you know, there's real stuff going on here, like concussions, like, you know, people's lives getting ruined uh, by different various injuries. And um, I don't know. I think this is one of those moments. Matt, I want to get your thoughts in just a second. I just wanted to rattle this off. Sure. Do you remember, I, I don't know if you guys played sports growing up, uh, Commodio Cordis uh, is like a chest condition. I guess when you get hit with a baseball in the chest, it happens to some lacrosse players and whatnot. Um, I guess it's like a perfect timing with a hit with the, the rhythm of your heart and it throws you into this like chaotic heart rhythm, um, which usually needs to be shocked, I guess. Um, so I don't know if that's, you know, I just saw that floated around as a potential rumor to things going on. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on uh, on everything? Yeah, just um, like I said, really surreal. Um, the last twenty four hours, I was doing a podcast, and my dad texted me and said, "I think someone, you know, really got hurt pretty badly in this in Monday night game." So I turned it on after, and the, the game was already suspended at that point. Um, but I think. ESPN did a really good job, whether it's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman there on the field, and then uh, Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark back in the studio when they were talking about everything. I, th I think they really, um, you know, covered the the emotions of just what happened and you know what these guys are going through. I, I really appreciated Ryan Clark's perspective on that. And you know, right now the only thing you could do is just hope this young man is you know able to recover here. Yeah, it's interesting to to kind of hear a lot of things that went on. Like I saw the Skip Bayless tweet and, and his comments today on FS1 and, you know, just sort of the the weird ins and outs that this uh, situation has kind of have brought to light, you know, you, you know, health conditions and whatnot. And then also just the the shock that this is just all a game. Um, and then also the other side of things like why didn't the NFL you know, pull the plug on this game earlier. It took them however long to do that. I think that was the other common thing that I saw. Um, my, my thinking is they, you know, the initial thought was like, okay, let's, we don't know what's wrong with the guy. Let's, let's give the teams five minutes. I think they figured that out. And I think once they realize it's probably, you know, maybe a little more serious, that's when the coaches got together and, and went off the field, came together. Um, and then to, to wait, however, it felt like two hours almost uh, before they actually pulled the plug on the game and it felt like that was, you know, maybe some of it was to get, you know, as much airtime as possible. It's an important game. They're trying to weigh their options. There's a lot of logistics that go into an NFL game, not just the players on the field, but like literally all the support staff and like flights and everything that needs to kind of happen. So I, I understand there being some logistics, but I think fans getting up in arms about the, the NFL, maybe not ending the game early enough um, might've been a little blown out of proportion. Greenbean, did you have any thoughts on the, uh, like the way the NFL handled this? Sorry, Greenbean, did you catch me? I don't know, but no. I might've froze. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you uh, have any thoughts on how the NFL handled this situation? Uh, it's funny. I was talking about it earlier. Again, I'm going to, I'm going to equate it to what I know, right? I'm not saying mm -hmm. I'm right or wrong or one way or the other, but, uh, they, uh, they ended up finishing the game in Dennis Bird's situation. Right. And, mm -hmm. 
my first thought was like, all right, yeah, I mean, I understand, but like, you know, finish the game. That's that's what I saw. Like, you're going to do it here. Why not do it there? Right. That's my mm-hmm. first thought. And then I think about it and I wonder, you know, and I and I'd like to believe that the NFL has learned from certain situations that maybe didn't uh, have positive impact. People saying, you know, it's really insensitive to do X, Y, or Z. And when mm-hmm. they t- chose to postpone the game, I think it was uh, maybe a good thing. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, supposedly, mm-hmm. they were supposed to make a decision within 48 hours, but uh, it doesn't look like they're going to do that. And then they're talking about maybe next week or something. So I don't know about on that end. I do think ultimately that uh, uh, postponing the game, just kind of ending that and moving on so all focus could be on on the, on uh, what needed to be taken care of, I think is a positive ultimately. Yeah, I think as far as what they could do, um, I was talking to some of my buddies about this because we were like, okay, how logistically, like, what do you do? There's not much time left in the NFL season. Um, I think I, I had originally said, like, why don't you just give them both ties? And that there's issues with that because if you give them both ties, it lowers the win percentage for both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that becomes a little screwy. So if you just don't count the game, then at least the win percentages stay the same in effect. Um Maybe they decide to just skip this game, play next week's game, and see if this game would have even impacted the what happens. I think that's probably the smartest way to do it. And then if the NFL wants to like push back the entire season and do the you know the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl or something like that, I think that would be the way to do it. And you just absorb that one week um, yeah. sort of gap. Well, here's another idea. Why don't they let the Jets play the Jaguars and Detroit Lions again for that? No, <laughs> that'd be nice with, with with Derek Carr as the quarterback. Can we? Is that not part of it? I like that. <laughs> I, I like it. Sprinkle a little humor on there. All right, uh, let's get to. I want to throw up some super chats as we go through. Uh, as I said, guys, all these are going to be donated to the uh, Chasing M's Foundation at the end here. Uh, Disregard Proper comes in with $2, says Derek Carr is the best option, plus prayers for Hamlin. Uh, Derek Carr, I do think, is the best option. I don't think it's the most likely option for us, though. I I, um, I think, realistically, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be an option for us. I would like us to go after Carr first because he's going to hit free agency immediately as soon as he's cut after the Super Bowl, where Jimmy G, you're not going to be able to talk to until the, the middle part of March anyway. So, First move should be to go after Derek Carr. If you don't get him, um, you know, you go from there and you, you pivot. But Derek Carr, for me, would be that top option. Matt, your thoughts on Derek Carr? Yeah, um, I agree. I think he is the top option. Uh, to me, Carr or Jimmy G are the two most realistic options for the Jets and both have their flaws. Um, unfortunately, there isn't a perfect option to go to for the Jets. There's risk involved with pretty much every single guy, and whether it be a veteran or I've seen people who want to go back to, to the draft or run it with uh, Mike White or Zach Wilson, there's a lot of risk involved with pretty much every single option. So when you weigh any everything out personally, I think Derek Carr provides the least amount of risk. Um, again, not, not a perfect quarterback, a significant upgrade over what they've had, and um, that I agree. That's the way that I would go first. If you can't swing that, I guess Jimmy G, but with his injury history, you have to have someone here and ready at QB two Cause you almost know he's going to get hurt. Green bean. What about you? What do you think about Derek Carr and the situation surrounding the jets quarterback situation? Uh, 
Yeah, well, I think Derek Carr is the best option. I know lots of Jets fans have issues with a 65% completion percentage quarterback that plays every game of the year pretty much for nine years and has more touchdowns uh, than interceptions every single year and also throws for 4,000 yards at, you know, or about or above. I know that's tough to you know, swallow why you'd want that quarterback. But me, I'm going to stretch and say that's my number one hope as far as quarterback goes. I do agree with you, though. I think the familiarity, I mean, fuck, we got all their family in here, everybody's cousins and brothers and best friends. You might as well just bring in the guy you know. Who cares if he never finishes a season? Why not? You know, and he, and here's the thing I'll say about Jimmy. Um, sorry guys. Sorry about that. Um, I will get to the super chats, uh, that pop up in this stream. I'm going to hit the ones from last stream. I do have all those pulled up because we had some very generous ones in there. So if you guys are sending in super chats, just understand we're going to get to them. Uh, they're just in that other stream right now. Uh, all right. So John Nalty had sent in sending prayers for DeMar Hamlin. May he be restored to full health in Jesus name. Uh, RJ McPot says, I applaud you, Ryan, for stopping the stream last night, but thank uh, you, man. Might have jumped the gun by saying that Hamlin was dead. That was the uh, the guy that called in and said it um, may have happened, but I appreciate him telling me. Uh, Christopher Sullivan. Sorry, where is it? Christopher Sullivan says, put everything towards him with a $4.99 donation. Brian Bogan says... Don't see how the Bills don't win the Super Bowl now. They're going to be playing with extra motivation. That was a twenty dollars super chat. Thank you, Brian, for the donation. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think the Bills have got to be the odds-on favorite. I think when you have emotion like this, it sends you into a complete another gear. Uh, Gator needs his gat. Says Salah doesn't deserve to be fired. I want continuity, but team makes tone of its leader. And the New York Jets look unprepared, unmotivated, undisciplined. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I, I don't want to see Salah fired, but I mean, uh, it looked like we did not care since the Thursday night game. Matt, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's um, it's definitely frustrating to see how they played over the last couple of games. I mean, only nine points over that stretch. I agree. I don't think uh, you fire Robert Sala over it, but I think it's fair to say that you're concerned with the team's response and be critical of him for it. Um, but I think it would be premature to pull the plug. Greenbean, your thoughts on Robert Sala and the team looking unprepared? All right, I'm just going to uh, rattle off some stuff. You may have to hop off and hop back on again. I don't know. It's something with me and you <laughs> trying to connect. Uh, so we'll, we'll get back to Greenbean's thoughts in just a second. John, thank you for the super chat. Uh, he also says, with both, uh, with both there were injuries in this quarterback situation in the realm of reality. Jimmy G, two years, 40 million. Mike White, one year, 3 million, and bring back Zach. I do think Zach winds up staying. Uh, I don't think we trade him in the offseason. I think if you're going to go with Jimmy G, you should bring back Mike White. I think we're probably the best option for, for, for Mike White. I don't think we have to worry too much about other teams maybe poaching him. Um, Edward Ziff says, I hope Sal remains head coach and we get Sean Payton as offensive coordinator. Edward, please pass the blunt because you are high off your ass if you think Sean Payton's coming here to be OC. Uh <laughs> So, so, yeah. Sawyer it says, imagine his reaction when he wakes up and sees all the donations, not a whole lot 
we as outsiders can do, but it's heartwarming to see all these people helping his cause. Thank you, Sawyer, for the donation. Sorless comes in, says, I remember tweeting at you and Matt, but I live in Buffalo. I was at a bar yesterday's game. I was beyond silent. Uh, the whole time. So glad to see the whole sports world come together after this prayers for DeMar Sorless. I did see that message and thank you for, for reaching out. I do like hearing that kind of context. Uh, Jets maniac comes in with a $10 super chat says praying for DeMar. Uh, well, gentlemen, here we are, January 3rd, and not heading for the playoffs, and on my way to Miami. Love our head coach. Think he can be something, but this is a total collapse. Can't lose seven in a row. Yeah, I agree. I feel like this game is so important because if you go into the offseason losing to either Teddy Bridgewater or Chris uh, Thompson— I think there's just I, I don't know how you don't fire someone. I don't know. I don't think Sal is out, but I think there's no way Lafleur stays if the offense comes out struggling, and uh, the Jets lose to Miami. Greenbean, your thoughts on uh, the Jets' quarterback situation from from before what we were talking about? Uh, Jimmy G versus what was that? I think that was Jimmy G versus Derek Carr. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah the Jimmy G versus uh, Mike White, I think, is what it wound up being, and Sal yeah. being undisciplined and and all that. Give me your thoughts. Well, as far just to wrap up the uh, the quarterback thing, if you think uh, Jimmy G is injured just about every year, right? If not every year, at least to some degree. And don't forget the Niners used three first round picks and a third to replace him. Uh, so that's that speaks volumes. Now, if we go get him, fine, because of the familiarity and the comfort. Just know we have what's known as bad luck. The Niners are on the good luck side. When you take an injury-prone guy on good luck street and bring him over to Shitsville, in my opinion, he'll be out for the season by week four. That's what I fear. That's what I fear with a guy like that. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I hope we don't ultimately get him. Although I think that his talent is more than enough to make this team a success. Now, as far as the sh oh, firing everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I was saying was one of my favorite things to do is to fire everybody and start over every two years. So mm -hmm. that being, that being, uh, just <laughs> makes me happy. I'd like to see that all done. Me personally, honestly, jokes aside, I, I think that we should, um, allow this whole entire outfit, unless someone is the problem, which I don't see it. I see problems. I don't see the problem. I think we should probably try something a little bit different and let's see if we can let the entire group work work through something and overcome an obstacle. Dude, we've, I mean, you think we've had a lot of head coaches. Look at our offensive coordinators. Rex had three, Bowles had three, Adam Gase had Oh, none. Well, he had uh, Dowell Loggins. You know, I just think so. We, I, I, my, it's like, let's just keep the organization together. If we need to fire the whole lot, fire the whole lot. But uh, I don't see Mike LaFleur as the, again, I watched you all 22 guys. I, I watched the film and I'm not saying I love him. I don't, but there are dozens of plays a game where everything worked. There's enough time and guys are open and the quarterback either doesn't see him, doesn't pull the trigger or throws it three yards above his head or into the dirt. It happens all the time. Like on those plays where you think the offensive line broke down and the quarterback's running, there was enough time. And in one second, there were two open receivers sometimes. So the designs are working. And I think that if, if those plays were hit, 
I think we're not talking about this. I'm not saying I love him. There's lots of situational stuff uh, that I just, I don't, he baffles my mind what his choices are in those scenarios. I also find him to be too conservative. That all said, again, the play design works enough for me. Uh, let's let them learn from this, look at it and go, holy shit, man, we need to do this, that, or the other thing. Let's see if they can overcome it as opposed to bringing in an entirely new system and let's see if the whole team can learn that. And then we're going to be pissed by game three if they're not throwing, you know, 400 yards of offense and, uh, and 30 points. They suck. I'm going to do that all again. You know what I mean? Just let them fucking roll with it. That's what I say. All or nothing. All right. I still got a few more super chats from the last stream. City Burt says Brady, Peyton, Fangio all have the same agent and marketed as a package for a team. Would you take them, get rid of Salah and draft a young quarterback late? Uh, yeah, I would do that uh, for Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton's the only coach that I think I would probably pull the plug on. Um, but you can't convince me that that's actually going to happen here. I think they're going to make a move elsewhere. You'd have to give up your first round pick for Sean Payton too. He's still under contract. Uh, Blitz crew dropped Ooh. in with a $200 donation before he says prayers for Hamlin and all his loved ones. I'm an MD and have coded a person outside the hospital. It's a nightmare that EMTs encounter daily. I am glad the NFL stopped the game. He has brought a lot of attention to medical issues in the NFL and doing a lot for children. Blitzcrew, thank you so much. That was an incredibly generous donation. For those of you guys tuning in, we are donating all Super Chats tonight to the uh, the Chasing M's Foundation that donates toys for underprivileged kids. Uh, Brian Bogan comes in with a super chat, says, we can at least get some of uh, Namath's swagger with Gardner Minshew. Matt, how are you on Gardner Minshew coming to New York? Uh, if it was like a Gardner Minshew and Mike White thing uh, from a couple of weeks ago, I might have been okay with it, but Gardner's play the last couple of weeks and then uh, Mike White with the, the injury and just... I don't know. I think they'd probably need to take a bigger swing uh, at the quarterback position. Greenbean, what about you? What do you think about Gardner Minshew coming to New York? Uh, he's not, you know, Derek Carr is my first choice, but I think Minshew's probably maybe three for me. I'm, I'm with Matt. There's some concerns. But here's the thing we got to remember about Gardner uh, Minshew. He's literally right now still on his rookie contract. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he's he's a young quarterback that has been through a lot of the tumult of like kind of adjusting through the NFL. Even with all this stuff, he's got, I believe, I haven't looked in a minute. I, I think he's a 65 per 64 point something mm -hmm. percent completion percentage. Uh, and uh, again, man, he scores more touchdowns than, than he throws picks. Uh, and uh, I think that that level of talent, I don't think this offense needs Peyton Manning. I just, not that I'm against Peyton Manning, but I don't mm -hmm. think we need it. Gardner Minshew, I'd be, I'd be happy, not as happy with, as Derek Carr, but I'd be, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. I think for me, it's probably Derek Carr, Jimmy G with Mike White, I think as like the one, two punch, if you're bringing them both in, cause you got to worry about health with both those guys. Um, then I'm probably somewhere. You know, I'm probably at the Aaron Rodgers-Jordan Love junction, somewhere in there, because yeah, rumors yeah. are that Jordan Love is going to request a trade this offseason if Rodgers does not retire and Jordan Love is not named the starter. Um, so depending on how Green Bay feels, I would take either one of those quarterbacks because I think they both provide you different things. You could either have Jordan Love maybe compete with Zach Wilson, 
or you trade Zach Wilson to to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and you have Jordan Love. I, there's a lot of interesting situations, but I'd say Gardner Minshew for me right now, he was higher on my list. He's probably somewhere around four or five, I think. Uh, Gator needs his gat says I would get a vet quarterback and draft one with intent to sit and learn. We can't solve for quarterback. So roll more dice. If we draft one, who do you want? And be realistic. He says, um, yeah, I like the route of having an established veteran quarterback here, whether it be Carr or Garoppolo or someone and allowing Zach to sit while also coming in and having a draft pick in the second or third round that has some high upside, um, that's that appeals to me the most. Now, if you want to talk me into using our first-round pick because we think we can get a, a lineman or something else elsewhere, maybe you do that. I just don't know if the Johnsons sign off on that without seeing some sort of you know, proof of, of everything kind of working here. Um, I don't know. Anthony Richardson is, the, is the, the name that intrigues me the most if I could let one of the quarterbacks sit, but I think he's going to go in the first round, and I don't think the Jets are going to spend a first on a quarterback. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, you can't. Um, I don't understand. I mean, we talked about, I think me and you talked about Hooker a couple weeks ago with him being an older prospect and someone who probably needs to develop also, which that wouldn't make sense. And while Richardson is an interesting prospect, the Jets can't afford to take a developmental guy in the first round. There are other teams who can do that. The Jets are not one of them. They don't have that veteran in place. It's kind of like um, when the Ravens took Lamar Jackson and they already had Joe Flacco there, or when mm-hmm. the, the Chiefs took Patrick Mahomes and they already had Alex Smith. The Jets don't have someone like that to, to do that with. Um, they could, so though, by the time the draft comes around. Is there someone that we could have that you would feel comfortable then? No, because then I'd want to use that pick on an offensive lineman to help like keep this quarterback. That up quarterback. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Greenbean, your thoughts on this? Uh I, I I second Matt. I mean, like, how many times are we gonna do this? Like, are we gonna get, grab another kid? And fucking hate him by week six and call him, call his mom a, a, a whore. And uh, what, what are we going to do here? Let's get a guy that's already been through all that. We don't have to deal with rookie mistakes. We're not the fan base. This isn't a place. I'm not all that confident in Calabrese and LaFleur to develop a quarterback at this juncture in their career. I mean, I, and they did a decent job with Mike White. He's better than, I mean, not last game, but he's better mm-hmm. than he was last year. So you can give him credit for that, I, I would imagine. But again, I just I, I don't see uh, them developing a guy from square one. Didn't happen, and I'd hate to see us ruin <laughs> and hate another guy. Just bring in a vet, and let's do that. Ablab was the last super chat from the last stream. I wish I could show it up on the screen, just like Blitz Cruise. Uh, Two hundred dollars super chat coming in from Ablab Studios says prayers with Damar and his family. Shout out to Bills fans and all fans for uh, of sports. Life is fragile and fleeting. Wish you all health and joy, gang. Thank you so much, AbLab. Well said. This yeah, is well said. a game when it's all said and done, and I think it's important to keep that, uh, you know, context there when we're talking about, you know, sports all the time and whatnot. Uh, Lou Schneider, Schneider comes in with $25 Super Chat. Thank you, Lou. Uh, I don't see a comment at 
attached to it, so I'm just going to say thank you, and we're going to move on. Jonathan Moore had a member super chat. He says, we can't keep the trend of firing head coaches. Uh, it's a bad look. I completely agree with you, Greenbean. I know you were kind of touching on that before. Anything else to add to the, uh, the firing of coaches? I mean, it works. It's clear that it works, um, and we should continue to to do that, in my opinion, and we should do it every two years. That's what I think. Uh, love it. <laughs> no, I don't love it. I like stability. Matt, you like stability? Uh, it feels a lot safer. I could I could get used to safe. Right? You don't think about try how many bad head coaches you. we went through. I think Sal is not a bad head coach. I think he's just an inexperienced head coach. It's fresh uh, and new and fun. Right? Come on. You don't want a new one? So fresh. So, so much excitement. We could, yeah. it could be a boat. We could, <laughs> it's like the Peter Griffin <laughs> meme, right? Uh, John drops right. in and says, won my busser five and a half games bet sharing the love. Uh, his bet US. Yeah. Thanks, oh, nice. John. Much appreciated. I hit, I hit on that too. Threw a little $25 action on it. Uh, so much appreciated there. Uh, Speed Doctor comes in, says, Bears missed on Trubisky and immediately drafted Fields. Anthony Richardson will be a beast. Too bad Jets will not take a shot and sit him for a year. Matt, I see you shaking your head. Any thoughts for us? Yeah, they missed on Trubisky and then waited another four years to draft another quarterback. <laughs> it's not like they turned around and drafted another quarterback two years later. Um, right. I, I, I don't know. Fine. I guess, if that's what you want to do, fantastic, I guess. When they, <laughs> I don't get dude. One more thing. Joe Douglas Go and Robert for it. Sala have Let a lot have of, it. They have a lot of pressure to win in 2023. I think there should be a playoff mandate next year and kicking mm -hmm. it down the line with Mike White and Anthony Richardson sitting behind him isn't appealing enough to me. I'm sorry. I completely agree. I think next year mm. you have to be able to make the playoffs. I'm fine with drafting someone. I just don't think you can have Mike White, Zach Wilson, and a drafted guy. Like I think you're going to have to have – if you want to sell me on not re-signing uh, Mike White, you go after Carr or you go after Jimmy G and you want a drafted developmental guy to sit behind him, I'm all good with that. Anything other than that, uh, I think drafting a developmental guy in the first round seems like a, a bad move. Greenbean, any thoughts on, uh, you know, the Bears seem to do it with Trubisky, with Fields. Do you think we should do it with the quarterback here as well? I have one question. Uh, is there any reports of Jets fans waiting outside for the Bears staff to fight them or whatever, hurl insults? And are there any reports of, of the Bears fans DMing Trubisky's mother? I, I need that to make sure I'm I'm really uh, going to make my argument properly. I need more info. It's, I don't know if we have more reports. <laughs> I could see that uh, being a, a big area of concern. Uh, Sky yeah. C comes in with a big $50 super chat. Thank you, Sky C. Says, Happy New Year's, guys. Grateful for all three of you and the game of football and all the players past and present that have put their lives on the line to entertain us. Peace. To Demar, thank you so much, Sky C. Means a lot. It's all going to a really good place. Uh, Tony Alexio comes in, says Zach lost his quarterback coach this year and digressed uh, and regressed this year. It's our coaching staff. Demote Lafleur to Waterboy. Let me see if I can find the article that was on Jet Nation that was drawn up. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I don't know if I can. I think it is still on the first page. Um. I think it was the was the importance of positional coaches. No, there was something about uh, Salah and the amount of coaches he brought in uh, and the lack of experience they had. 
Um, and a lot of guys were first year coaches. So I think, uh, yeah, I think this tail end of the year, it has to be blamed on coaching. I think our team came out and looked completely unprepared and completely disinterested. And I don't know how you have 10 days to prepare from that Jaguars game and then find out all the cards literally fell the right way for you that weekend and you couldn't get the team up to play. Like, that's an issue. Matt, your thoughts on the team's motivation? Yeah, that is that is definitely frustrating. And like I said earlier, I think that's a fair criticism of um, Robert Sala right now is how the team played down this stretch, specifically against Detroit, uh, Jacksonville, and this past week against Seattle. Honestly, uh, and I'm curious to see what you guys think. It, it feels like this team quit after giving up that fourth uh, down and inches touchdown against the Lions. It felt like that mm. was really the thing that like it was like, all right, that's it. It's over broke the camels back yeah they didn't show up on thursday night football i think they felt like it was all over after that touchdown i agree Greenbean, your thoughts on the <laughs> motivation level of the new york jets yeah i i agree with you guys other than to say i still feel like the defense did show up you know not in the first quarter i think like um you know like look at the detroit game it was a special teams touchdown. I think they held them to what? I forget what the score was, a field goal or one touchdown. And then it was the that one play. Now, terrible timing on the play, and obviously you don't want – but it's like it's – I think what's really going on is as the season wore on, um, the team just felt as though they were, you know, they weren't going to win. Like, you know, like, like I said, that's on the coaching staff to keep them up here – and we saw that. And I, I think it was the Jaguars game that did it for me. So I think like what you're saying, after that fourth and inches, it kind of stole the soul. There's been a lot of fight. That all said, I mean, the defense is still holding teams to 20 points, you know, right around 20 points. And the offense can't help them out. You know, that, that's that got to be incredibly disheartening, you know. Even if they do get jumped on, like they got jumped on early. And that, you know, and then they clamped down. It happened in the Jaguars game. It happened in the – um in the Seattle game, I think it was what six points, seventeen nothing. Game. I think right. It was like yeah, seventeen was, nothing to start. Yeah, and that's to, that's no, I'm not, you know, believe me, I'm not, you know, removing fault, but they do clamp down and they give the offense numerous times, and they just know it's like, you know, like you can feel it, just like we can feel it out here, like you can feel it, man. When we're in the stadium, remember uh, week one last year, me and Matt were talking about it. It's like you mm -hmm. feel it. It was like we were talking about that in the first quarter. You feel it. Yep. It's like you can feel – we talked about it yeah. just this year. I was sitting with Jack and Richie. I looked mm -hmm. over to – no, Jack looked at me and said, can you feel it, Green? I said, oh, I feel it. And that was before Wind the story. sucked out. You yes. just feel it, right? And so, like, the team can feel that too. And, you know, I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not saying – I'm not like – it's not a pass – but I do feel like there's a lot of reasons, like, they build up. Just like I thought the offensive line injuries, we did a good job, like, accounting for them, for them, and it just it caught up. And, they, you know, even though they played pretty well last game for the, you know, the, the three games before that, it was really bad. It just catches up. Like, this stuff catches up in the same mm -hmm. way that if the defense keeps going on the field, it's, it's three and out on the offense for the entire first half and third quarter. Even though they're doing a good job, it's, like, it's going to catch up. And that's kind of what I thought was – that's what I saw happen in Detroit. It's like they're on the field all the whole second half, and then we blame them for the one play. It's just – I don't know. And they're at fault for it. But for me, it just seems like we got a couple pieces away, and I am a firm believer 
firm believer with everything being exactly as it was Brees Hall injury, AVT. If we had a quarterback that was hitting 65% of his passes and scored more touchdowns uh, than uh, interceptions, I think we're at 9, 10, 11 win team. I really do. That's where I stand. So I'm looking at quarterback. That's me. Yeah, I, I fall in line with that line of thinking as well, Green Bean. Uh, June the Jet, formerly known uh, as June Smith. Thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, and then what was it? I think we got Blitz Crews next. Yeah, Blitz Crew dropping in with another big super chat. Thank you, dude. Uh, Fifty spot this time says Hooker and Dugan uh, to sit and develop with day two or earlier day three picks at most. The fact that Hamlin is prone on a ventilator not a good sign given what happened. Likely blood in the heart. Uh, sack, hypertropic. Wow, lots of words. Uh, heart contusion. Yeah, I'm not going to speculate on on what it is or or isn't. I guess at this point, um, we just wish him the best. But yeah, look, Hooker or Dugan. I don't know enough on this quarterback class yet. I was hoping not to have to research them quite so extensively. Um, but I guess that's going to have to change. I do know a little bit on Hooker. He's really old. I would advise against that unless you get him like late, late. But I don't know if he's necessarily better than like Mike White at this point. Uh, given the age. Matt, your thoughts on Hooker or Dugan? I think Green Bean's younger than Hendon Hooker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm not opposed. So probably not him, uh, especially with the, the injuries and the age, but I'm not opposed to taking a mid-round developmental guy. In, but like, mm-hmm. there's other positions you have to attack. So I'm talking like fourth or fifth round maybe is uh, the point that I'd be looking at. And both Hooker and Richardson are going well before that. Green Bean, your thoughts on Hooker or Dugan here? Well, you know, in my former life, when I was a drug addict, Hooker was more of a part of it than it is today. <laughs> Hooker well, was a well, noun. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah, it's or I a verb. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, I, you know, I look, admittedly, I'm just going to say this. I've said it a few times. I have by choice not done deep dives on very many players. And I've watched a few college games, but it just so happens that this year I've watched less college ball than usual. I've, I've been very, very, it's a, I've, my life changed. I just didn't have the same um, availability. So I don't really know, man. You know, that that's the thing. I'm with Matt. I'm fine with like a late round, mid round quarterback. But the truth is, guys, we got to remember, we have five draft picks this year. Five. All right, so if this isn't the normal last two or three years where we got two first, two second, we could shuffle around and do little things. We don't have that. Now, if Joe Douglas does some moving back or something like that, okay, and we gain some more picks maybe, but I would hate to see us use one of those five picks on a fourth-round quarterback. I, I just, um, you know, I'm not feeling it. I, I think, like was said, you know, Derek Carr, with Mike White. Mike White's a good backup, man. I've, I think he's proven that. He can come in two games if you need him to, and he can play really well. The team loves him and all that shit, and you can get it going. But I don't know how, as a starter, I, don't, I really don't feel like that's the good move. So Mike White as a backup. Zach Wilson, if you got to keep him developing as the third um, and you got a Derek Carr, I think that that's the way to go. Rather than bring in another kid, especially when we have five picks uh, i see charles in the chat says heldon hooker is only 24 years old that's not old at all well in 10 days he turns 25 yeah. and we're gonna assume he's gonna need at least a year of development which means at the earliest 
He's 25 starting his first game uh, on his team. So I do not uh, do not want to go that direction. Harry drops in. Harry says, uh, drafting Stetson Bennett day two. Um, I have no idea who that is. I He's comp- Georgia's quarterback. That's another one that Green Bean's younger than. He's, <laughs> he's like in his eighth year in the college football. I, I'm starting to think Matt's making fun of me. I, I don't know. I'm gonna, one more of those, Matt. Hey. One more. <laughs> He knows how old you are. He was at the birthday party. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he knows exactly. Right. <laughs> I know he bought me a jersey that says how old I am. Let me show you. Yeah, there you, there, yeah, there, there you go. So you can never you can never forget it. Look, there it is. Seventy-two. That's you can't forget it. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, what a beautiful thing. I love it. Oh, all right. Trying to catch my breath right now. Jesus. The best. Um, Rodrigo. Ugh. Words are hard right now. Rodrigo says, no more quarterback in the first three rounds, please. Man out now, and Zach Wilson will be a bust, but we have to wait. I'm a Jets fan from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Hey, Rodrigo. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. From, uh, not not across the pond, but uh, hop, skip, and a jump below the border there. Love it. That's right. Absolutely awesome. Some friends from Brazil. I got uh, some friends in Argentina, Chile, and Peru as well. Um Let's see. No quarterback in the first three rounds. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Like, if I had to, without knowing anything about the draft, say I'm taking the tackle from Georgia in the first round, I'm looking at uh, safety probably in the second round. I'm probably looking linebacker in the third round. And then fourth round is probably when I start thinking quarterback. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Zach Wilson being a bust? It could be. He's not. (laughs) I saw some stats on Ryan Leaf, and he's nowhere near as bad as Ryan Leaf was. But it's uh, certainly not looking uh, great. Um, let's see. Who's up next? John Springs. John Springs comes in, says, "Let uh, says to me, the team is nuts. The quarterback needs to be a vet. No discussion needed. And keep prayers going because that terrified me last night. Uh, nothing but love to Bill's Mafia from Gangrene. 100%. Thank you so much, John. Um yeah, I, I think it's got to be a vet, right? Like, it's this team's ready to win now. We can't risk the development of a quarterback with a, you know, a, a Super Bowl-ready team now. You have to go out and get someone, whether it's, you know, I'd even support a Rodgers or Brady-type move that's for a year if you want to bring in someone through the draft as well because at least you have that developmental season and you're still going for a Super Bowl next year. But, like, to me... Like we've been kind of saying, Derek Carr should be option one. He's giving you like your franchise's best season, single season, like eight years in his career. If he had played the final two games of this season, he would have eclipsed the 4,000 yard mark if he just played to his career average. Like that's nuts. (laughs) We've been asking for that. We just want consistency. For me, it's Derek Carr. If you don't get Derek Carr, then I think it's Jimmy Garoppolo. The issue for me is that I think we're fighting with a lot of people, uh, like Miami for the same quarterbacks. And I think that's going to be our big issue and we may wind up striking out. So I want to pivot this question to you, Matt. If Carr and Garoppolo are not options for us, what's your third then? Cry? Um, I don't know. I don't know. No, that's that's not good. Uh, a power play for Rodgers. I know you mentioned Jordan Love earlier, and you're not the only mm-hmm. one who's mentioned that. I've heard that one mentioned a lot. But that really scares me because he is a massive unknown. I just want something that's a little bit more 
of a proven product because of where the rest of the roster is. They have a ton of young talent on rookie deals. I think now's the time where you push your chips into the table and go for it. And love is a huge risk. I, I, I think he started one game. He's played in like six games in his mm-hmm. career and some have been better than others. I thought he looked pretty good this year, but it, it's not enough for me to say, okay, yeah, I'm definitely sure that he's going to be a good quarterback at this level. I don't think we know. Greenbean, what about you? After Carr and Garoppolo, is is Minshew your third? And if it is, yeah. who would be like fourth? I guess after that, uh, yeah, Minshew's my third. Um, I, I look, I you know the Aaron Rodgers Jordan Love scenario up there is very interesting. I mean, Jordan Love, dude, we have to remember he's a first round pick. He was highly regarded, not like Sam Darnold was highly regarded, but he was a well thought of draft prospect. He's been sitting behind Aaron Rodgers in essentially our offense in in many respects right he's been sitting there grooming for three years behind one of the all-time greats and on an offense that's very very similar uh to ours in some ways you know so uh i think that he might end up being a good option scary thing is we don't know what the hell he is you know (laughs) he could be like he could be throwing meatballs like straveler we don't know but there's a lot of reasons to believe that he can be something. And if you do trade, it'll probably on the lower side and the and the money and all that. So that's that's interesting to me. I don't know enough. I'm certainly not confident. But now if they want to go with Jordan Love in the same way that the Packers wanted to go with Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre was here, Brett Favre was still playing at a high level. They just decided we're going with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers because he's been here for a couple of years grooming so there could be an interesting thing there now obviously we've talked about it there's something like a 99 million dollar dead cap if they trade him uh before june 1st and so there, there's a lot of them i think it's 30 million after june 1st uh so there's a lot there but if if you have willing parties the packers aaron Rodgers, and the jets that can be something too so i wouldn't be opposed to kind of talking to green bay remember we have a fantastic relationship with them uh these men have slept in the same rooms together as children you know so they're uh, they're all buddy buddy and brother brother and all that sort of stuff so that could be interesting so if it's not those top three i'm thinking maybe talking to the packers about one of those guys seeing which way they want to go if they're wanting to go with the Jordan Love, don't forget, this is the regime that traded up in the first round to get him. They traded up, man. So they could stay, they could really be ready to move and uh, start the new kid. Uh, and if they are, maybe you talk about Aaron Rodgers. I think this would be a good landing spot for him. And the same respect, if they're just like, hey, Aaron Rodgers is too good. Uh, we, we, you know, we're not going to bend from, from this track. Then you look at Jordan Love. Maybe you can get him on the cheaper side and see what you got. He's he's not a kid. I mean, he's young, but he's not a, a rook. He's going to go into his fourth year, I believe it is. So that could mm-hmm. be interesting too. That's the direction I think I'd go. Yeah, I'm interested to see what winds up happening with, with Rodgers in particular because it seems like he's – very uninterested, but it, they're they're very close. I think if they win out now, I think they're in the playoffs mm-hmm. um, at this point. Yep, just like landing that. here would be the equivalent of Tom Brady landing in Tampa. I think it's that same sort of dynamic where you have a lot of um, you know assets on the team that you can build around the quarterback. Now Rodgers has that massive dead cap hit. I think it would have to happen after the draft. Um, which is concerning. I mean, maybe there's a situation where they like 
handshake, nod agreement on an Aaron Rodgers trade before June 1st and it becomes official on June 1st, then you would have to imagine the fam- familial ties between the LaFleur brothers would be the only thing holding that together. Um, I don't know. Rodgers is up there as far as options for me. I would say he's probably option three. I think Love probably falls to option four at that point for me. Uh, Chode. <laughs> It drops in, says, uh, if they go after Garoppolo, does this mean they're okay starting white for most of the season? God knows the injury thing is a tangible reality, and it's going to take all six minutes for MetLife to claim the body of Jimmy G. Um, I don't know how severe Jimmy G's injury is, like when he's projected to start. I would imagine they're going to have him back for training camp. Um, If that's the case, then yeah, you got to worry about injury. And then I think you do have to bring someone back like Mike White, someone that understands the offense uh, better than Zach Wilson. And then you just let Zach kind of, you know, learn and and grow. And then maybe it's White versus Zach as opposed to, you know, White as number two. But um, yeah, Garoppolo for me, I'm okay with that. I really am. Greenbean, you think they're going to turn on Garoppolo the minute he gets hurt? Yes. Us? Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. 100%. That sounds like us. Even even the people that are pining for him now, they will jump on the side and say, I knew he was going to get injured. That, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Shit, man. I've been it's hanging so at true. this party We're, for a long time. <laughs> we flip-flop more than my pillow in the middle of the night. Trying to get to the cool side. Amazing. It's amazing. Flapjacks. Uh, Matt, any thoughts? Oh, yeah, go on, go on. Well, real quick, on the competition thing, I just took a quick look at Miami's salary cap for next year. Uh, Right Mm -hmm. now, because we were saying there might be competition for these quarterbacks, right now, as it stands, they're over the salary cap for next year. So they have a lot of moving and shaking to do uh, to even get under it. And then there are players like Xavier Howard, and, I mean, they cut him. He's He's a $33 million cap hit. Ogba's $21 million cap hit. So like, there's a lot of those guys. They they obviously brought on uh, Tariq Hill and and uh, and um, uh, what's his name, the edge rusher, um, Bradley Chubb. Uh, Bradley Chubb, right? So I they've mean, got they, some they've got some some moves to make. So they have three point six million rolling over. So it'll be about a million over the cap next year. But that's not enough to obviously sign their draft picks. I mean, they don't have a first round pick, so they don't have to worry about that. Um, they could cut Byron Jones. They would save $4 million. That's probably not an advisable cut. Connor Williams, their safety would save him $5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, right. there's they don't $5 really have a whole lot of great options to cut. Yeah. I'm sure they could restructure people. That's probably yeah. more yeah. so the route they're going to have to look and just kind of like move money around. Because I'm convinced the cap is just a fucking myth at this point. I've, I've had so many times where I'm like pulling my hair out about the Jets salary cap and then – you know, I see Buffalo sign a $20 million a year edge rusher on Miller, and I just say, well, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> Why did I even worry about this? There's money I, well, to be had. Like, but it's weird. Like, we haven't been the ones to do that yet. You know what I mean? We haven't like, even think- signed a player that we've drafted to a second contract since Muhammad Wilkerson. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jordan, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jenkins for one year. We did that. We did, uh, hey, Nathan was Shepard. That, got I guess that's true, count. technically. Yeah. <laughs> a multi-year yeah. extension? No, Jeez. well, that's a different story. You didn't say Interesting. that. Interesting. Nope. Yeah, we give well, Nathan <laughs> Shepard got a second contract. But, I mean, but the point is it's not like they're out there rolling in money. They're in a very similar boat that we are, but even they're technically speaking about $15 million or so, you know, deeper into this, you know, they have to – 
to do some work 15 million more than we do. So I think that we can be at bare minimum competitive. And look, dude, we have, I think a lot of quarterbacks would be looking at this offense, licking their chops, especially if we can just bring in a tackle and a guard or, a, um, you know, a tackle guard or center. If we do that. I think that we're going to be a very attractive landing spot uh, for a lot of quarterbacks. I just hope it's Derek Carr. Uh, AZ Jet says, who's our best option for O-line in the first round? Uh, I'm just going to go off Tankathon's big board right now. I'm not doing a whole ton of research as far as like where people are, are overall ranked. Uh, at number right. six overall on the big board is Northwestern offensive tackle Peter Skoronsky. Uh, number 10 on their big board is Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. The guy I'm looking at the most is Broderick Jones, the tackle from Georgia. I like the big school SEC teams going against the big pass rushers personally. He would be my first choice. Based on Matt's reaction, I think Paris Johnson should be someone I should consider as well. Um, Matt, your thoughts on the offensive lineman? To be honest, and I just recently started, so I'm not like super far ahead, but I love Paris Johnson so far. Um, I'm good with the three that you listed off. I'm not anti Broderick Jones. Like if it, if that's what it happened to be, I would say go for it. I'm all in. I just prefer Johnson. Now the thing with, um, the Northwestern kid, Skoronsky, I think is how you say his last name. Yeah. He might be an AVT situation where he might be better suited at guard in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I think they're worried about his arm length, but, uh, he, he's a talented guy. So I wouldn't be opposed to drafting talented and versatile offensive lineman we've seen how that's worked so far with the jets with avt um, but i think johnson is the home run in my opinion Ooh, green bean have you seen anything on the offensive lineman yet for this draft other than my boy jared patterson who fell like a stone uh this year he should have come out last year man he, he had a, he could have been a first round second round pick uh mm -hmm. i don't know i know i i by choice again i've chosen not to now as soon as this game's over miami I got all sorts of shit uh, ready to be opened, but I don't have anything. I didn't do a thing. I don't know anybody. I don't know what Matt's talking about, this crazy guy. One love. Thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, Tony Alexio. Tony drops in, says, DJ Reed players meeting turned our season. Poor coaching destroyed us. That's an interesting topic for discussion. I think the DJ Reed calling out the coaching staff and Quinn and Williams yelling at White Cotton clearly turned this defense around, at least for a portion of time. And then the offensive side never really seemed to, to get anything clicking. I think we only had one opening drive touchdown this entire season. Um, yeah, I mean, could, was coaching our biggest handicap this year? I tend to lean no. I think quarterback is still the biggest issue. But I think going to the second option, as far as offensive line and coaching, who you weigh more on, um, I think that's a fair argument. I'd probably lean offensive line. I think coaching's number three for us right now. Uh, Matt, any thoughts? Where would coaching rank on your your list of things that went wrong for the Jets this year? Third. I would say um, quarterback play one, um, injuries two, and then mm -hmm. coaching three. Green Bean, what about you? Where does coaching fall on your big list of issues with the Jets this year? Oh, it's... Uh, it's, it's like if it's not one it's one b for me i mean again i think it's quarterback <laughs> but i think a lot of that sort of stuff does fall to coaching you know whether or not we can develop somebody whether we can acknowledge that the guy you know like in the patriots games like he needed to be pulled he was he was he was glazed over you need to you know try to get these wins i think a lot of it's on coaching that said 
I think, you know, dude, that is what happens when you buy, when, when you buy, when you uh, hire uh, rookies. I mean, like if you can't see the progress from year one to year two from Salah, then I don't know what to tell you. I do. That said, I think a lot of the woes fall back on Salah. He did a good job this year kind of changing things and getting us going and, and he couldn't, he couldn't maintain it. Hopefully he learns how to do that. Uh, let's see. Where did I see this? Gator needs his gat comes in, says linebacker and safety were two positions of need coming into the year. Both are still priorities heading into the off season. Noah Sewell brothers of Penny Sewell, uh, looks good in green. He's the Oregon linebacker. Right now uh, on Tankathon, he's projected as the 36th, 36th prospect on their big board with him being the number two overall linebacker. Trenton Simpson out of Clemson is listed as the top linebacker on the board. Uh, Sewell is followed by Drew Sanders out of Arkansas and Henry, uh, I'm going to screw up this name, Tutu uh, out of Alabama. Is uh, Those are four linebackers inside the top 40 outside of that uh or inside the top 45 everything outside of that is outside the top 70 according to tankathon can i give you another um, one they missed yeah absolutely fire away jack campbell tackling machine out of iowa uh that is another early again very early in the process but this is a very early matt o'leary draft crush right now Ooh, ooh, ooh. um i don't think yeah, they don't have him listed on here. Interesting. They can second or third round. Ooh, I'm excited to look into all this. I'm, I really do like draft season. As much as I bitch about having to do mock drafts throughout the season, <laughs> it's nice to like, it, there's hope. Every team, all 32 teams have hope in the offseason, which is what I've had to buy from our uh, our Jets as of recently. Um, all right. Let's see. We were just on Gator Needs His Gat. Um, Daniel Murphy, Daniel Murphy drops in, says having to add a quarterback to needs list makes things real complicated. This offseason. already have a good bit of holes to fill and a little money. Best wishes for DeMar. Thank you, Daniel. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, look, quarterback was a, was a position. I did not think we were going to have to address until after the 2023 season at the earliest. I thought mm. maybe after this season, you bring in competition for Zach Wilson. Um, but I think it's clear as day. We have clicked as a team far earlier than we expected. And thus the expectations change. So for me, it's get the vet quarterback in here. Now, if Zach Wilson gives you anything in a year or two time, Awesome, but having to add quarterback to the list of needs is really, really frustrating. Green Bean, your thoughts? I know. You know, it's uh, you're so right, man. I mean, you know, the expectations did change. I think rightfully so. And like at the buy, you know, we're we're we you know we're saying that it's like in order for our you know uh, preseason expectations to become true, there has to be an epic collapse. You know, like that's it. And we saw it. It's just so terrible. You know, but like if look, if this was spread out, let's say we won four before the bye and we were four and five and then we win four out here. You know, if we win Miami and we ended up being an eight win team, uh, we did. You know, we swept the Dolphins. We split with the Bills like, you know, we haven't won a division game in, in five, five years, whatever it is. 
and now we won three. Like there's all, you know, rookie of the year offense, maybe rookie of the year. You know, like there's lots of positives to look at. The problem is we got all the wins up front and we suck. You know what I mean? Like that's the, it's like six in a row or five in a row, six of seven. It's just, it's it's impossible to ignore, man. Even though there is lots of progress and lots of positives, it's impossible to pull them out higher than the collapse right now. And I understand why people are upset. So yeah, the, you know, the expectations did change and that's their own damn fault with the receipts. Remember that? Remember receipts? Seems like five years ago. We should have been talking about receipts more frequently. This would have been, you know, maybe more helpful than we got. Who knows? Uh, Let's see. William drops in, says, love you all. William, we love you. Uh, City Bert drops in, says, shout out Dennis Bird on a day like this. Green Bean, any good bird stories as a fan from when he played? Well, let me tell you guys this. I don't know if I told you. Um, I know I, I said it on a stream. But I made that Dennis Bird, like episode 90 of the podcast. I did a whole Dennis Bird thing. I didn't see it coming, but I ended up fucking crying. I almost deleted the whole thing because I was embarrassed. But I said, screw it. I left it in there. Dennis Bird's wife reached out to me. Did I tell you guys this? No, no, I didn't hear this. Yeah, Dennis Bird's wife, man, reached out to me, thanked me for making it. And just and she said, I'm you know, I really appreciate you keeping Dennis's memory alive. Uh, you know, we, it was very touching. Like, yeah, it was amazing, dude. Angela bird. She reached out and she didn't just reach out to me. She reached out to me in a few different places to make sure that I got it. Mm -hmm. Um, and they weren't copy and paste. Each message was a little different. So uh, she's writing. (laughs) It's nice. Awesome. Um, but yeah, man. So, uh, you know, I mean, I told, if you want to hear a really good story, my best Dennis bird story is in, uh, my jets pod episode 90. I even made a clip. If you just look at my channel, I, 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 um, I removed that and made it a clip just so people could see that. It's just look at my channel, look for the Dennis bird video. Um, but that's my number one bird story. But let me just tell you this, man. Uh, that guy was the best. I mean, he was dominant i think he had 13 sacks from a defensive tackle his second year he had seven 13 seven it was like dude watching him play was unbelievable man it was like we found a gem and on top of that he was just like the best such a good dude um but yeah man couldn't have happened to a better guy and the saddest part about it guys the saddest part about it is he overcame all that stuff and then on his 50th birthday he was driving with his son and a drunk driver went over to his side of the highway head on and he died on, on his birthday, 50th birthday. His son oh. thankfully lived through it. But like after all that, man, he overcame everything, uh, walked back on the field the next year, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, just amazing. And then on his 50th birthday, sadly, he got killed by a uh, drunk driver head on. Oh, geez, that's terrible. Great story yeah. into a not so great story. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Gator Needs His Gat says, D-line rotation feels off. Production was better than usual, but still feels underperforming. Who's the odd man out still in uh, still a position to invest in? Yeah, I think you could always invest in edge rusher. I think edge rusher and offensive line, every draft you should be drafting someone. Um, Almost kind of in the same vein as like bringing in a quarterback each year because you never know what's going to wind up hitting and you always want to have a pipeline. 
uh, going through that. So as far as the D-line rotation, I think a lot of that had to do with the Jets overall not scoring any points. I think when you score points on offense, it puts you in a position where you can pin your ears back and go after offenses with your front four and allow your ball-hawking corners to start attempting to make some plays. And I think because our offense stalled out, it eliminated any shot of us having a pass rush because other teams could just run on us. And I think that's what we started to see. Matt, your thoughts on the D-line rotation? Yeah, um, someone who's going to be an interesting one, I think, is Carl Lawson because they could either cut him or restructure. I'm personally um, hoping they restructure. I think he's Mm -hmm. okay. Um, I don't think he's worth the $15 million after the injury, but I still think he is serviceable enough, and then you just give a bigger role to Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff. Um, But... Yeah, it's gonna. I think the line's gonna look a little bit different. I mean, Solomon Thomas is a UFA. I don't know if you bring him back. Nathan Shepard, who actually kind of came on and played pretty okay this year, um, he's another one who might go. Sheldon Rankins, do you bring Sheldon Rankins back? Do you look in the draft maybe for a run stuffing interior defensive lineman? Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of moving pieces to this defensive line next year. I think there's too much invested on the D-line right now for us to invest a high draft pick in one. I Honestly, I don't even think I would draft... I shouldn't say... I wouldn't draft defensive tackle early on, but I would kind of lean on Salah being a defensive-minded head coach and his judgment in that sort of undrafted free agent sort of realm. I think there's maybe some potential there. Um, I see in the chat, McNulty says, uh, moving JFM into the interior could also be another option, depending on how we feel on our edge rushers. Going to be a lot of things going on for sure. Greenbean, your thoughts on the defensive line rotation. Well, like, like Matt said, he alluded to for a second there. I, I really am looking for the jets to bring in a, a big, heavy three twenty to three fifty, If you can find them. Big immovable object to 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 play next to Quinnen. Uh, I think that's what this defense needs. Um, you know, in addition to a few other things, of course, but particularly on the defensive line, I think that's what we don't have. You know, Nathan Shepard, he's supposed to be uh, a run stopper guy, and you know, like like Matt said, I think he played better second half of the season than maybe um, may, maybe we expected, you know. But even with that, he's kind of spotty. He's not – he's a good depth guy, you know. But I think, like, having that, like, Vince Wilfork-esque, you know, Ted Wash, somebody who's just a fucking beast and just can't move him. And in our experience, maybe, like, Jason Ferguson, Snacks Harrison, those – we found Jason Ferguson in the seventh. We found Fadu Kasi in the sixth. We found uh, Snacks Harrison as an undrafted free agent. So not necessarily seeing use our first on it. I wouldn't be devastated if we did and we thought we can get offensive line later. Um, but I think that is – it's one of the priorities for me. Uh, I'd like to see Sheldon Rankins brought back. He had a very good year this year, man, quietly in some respects, but he had a very solid year, uh, and he's known as one of the leaders. Uh, When he went out, there was a dip in defensive line production. He was gone for two games, I think, and Quinnen Williams spoke uh, about him as if, like, that's the guy he looks to. Like, that's his dude. And I I would like to keep that sort of stuff together. I'd like to see us start keeping players together like the Buffalo Bills, the reason their defense is so good, the core of it has been together for, this is their sixth year, fifth and sixth year together, most of those guys. 
And I think that's what we need. Figure out a way to get Rankins uh, back in addition to adding some nice beefsteak for the middle of the line. John Springs comes in and says, keep hitting the like button, everyone. Yes, yeah. keep hitting the like button for every 25 likes we get. We'll give away a t-shirt at the end of the stream. Guys, if you're just tuning in and are unaware, this stream, we are donating all Super Chats to the Chasing M's Foundation. That is uh, Damar Hamlin's charity to raise money for toys for underprivileged kids. Uh, they are currently, let me hit the refresh button and see where we're at right now. At the start of the stream, we're at 5.3 million. They're at $5.5 million dollars. Even if it's just a few pennies uh, that we can donate to that cause, I think it goes a long way to helping a lot of people. So make sure you send those in. Uh, Felipe comes in, says, should we draft a center with our first, also a Jets fan from Brazil? Hello, Felipe. Um, I would not take center in the first round. Um, I personally would try to bring back McGovern. I think you can get him back on a relatively reasonable contract, and I would draft his replacement somewhere in like the third through fifth round, somewhere in in that sort of range. I think for me is where I'm I'm kind of looking here. Matt, your thoughts on drafting a center? Um, not opposed to it because my fear is with McGovern while. I think he's serviceable. He's probably the best free agent center to hit the market. And I'm worried that there's going to be a bidding war for him and his price tag is going to go up and be like 11, $12 million, which I don't mm. think I'm willing to go that high. I think he's at nope. either eight or 9 million right now. Um, Did Herbig play center or was that only Feeney? That I don't remember. Ah, oh, man, if Herbig could play center, I'd almost roll the dice on Herbig for a year mm, and draft someone. Know. Yeah, I, I yeah, think I, I would know. look I would look at a center. Over McGovern for 12. Like, yeah, 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 right. That's where I'm at. It's kind of like, I like McGovern up to a point. Like, if you can get him at the same price or less, yes. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how likely that is because I think there's going to be a demand for him in free agency. Mm, interesting. Greenbean, what do you think about center position? First round uh, need? Uh, no, for not not in the first round. As a matter, I mean, as a matter of fact, I think most of the centers that have been really great, like most, uh, come from the third back. You know I mean, I, we see it all the time. Uh, now, if they think that the center that's there is clearly the best player, uh, I'm fine with that. If I identify it as a need, I'd like to see McGovern come back. I I really would, but like like you guys are saying, if if there's a, if he's like a priority out there and there's a bidding war and all that jazz, uh, I don't know if we could. You know, I don't know how how far into that war we can go. Joe Douglas has said that he's like we'll we'll be aggressive, and then there's a part where he said there's a point where it becomes um what's what's the word he used um reckless. There's a point where it becomes reckless, and that's where he stops. So I, th I think if it goes toward you know into that realm, I think we back off. But I'd I'd love to see like a you know a top three round center, like maybe a second or third round center in here. Like you know centers usually in the first round, there's one you know. Uh, so if you take your second round center, even third, you're usually getting the. Th second or third or fourth best center in the draft and sometimes those guys are uh end up being really really good that's why they do their three good centers made it to undrafted free agency last year man i don't know why we couldn't grab one of them pissed me off joe douglas um but yeah i'd like to see a young guy in here it would be cool to see like a uh like an open source gm 
kind of situation, right? Like all the fans vote on the players we should get. There's some people I like their opinion. There's a lot others I do not. <laughs> Green Bay, you're one of the ones I like. Uh, Dom oh, says, thank you. <laughs> says, of the three Ryan discussed, he's talking about the tackles. So I'll just rattle off the names again. Uh, the tackles I was talking about in this draft, Peter Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, those three guys ranked 6th, 10th, and 16th on Tankathon's overall big board. Jets currently sitting at the 13th slot as of recording this video. Uh, Dom C says, of the three, Ryan discussed Broderick Jones is best suited for our outside zone blocking scheme. He's able to play right tackle or left tackle from the get-go if, big if, we get Becton Mitchell AVT back playing is offensive tackle a first-round necessity. Uh, I think, Dom C, I, I love hearing you know your your insight on this because you're one of the, the people I trust in terms of scouting reports. Um but I, I would say yes, absolutely. I don't think you can rely on Becton to be healthy, and I don't think you can rely on Mitchell to potentially be a starter. I think at the very least, you have to draft one in the first round, and I would even go so far as sign one in free agency. I would look for McGinchley from uh, San Francisco. He's going to be hitting free agency. He's their right tackle. I would look to try and bring him in, and then maybe he uh, leads the way instead of Mitchell, and then you have Becton and the rookie duke it out, and then, worst-case scenario, Becton's your swing tackle, I think. Uh, Greenbean, your thoughts on what Dom C is saying right here? I think he's got a point. Position. I think we should uh, – one more year, depending on Becton. Let's do one more. The last two, it didn't work out. Can it really be three in a row? That in a non <laughs> That'd be some pretty bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> right? You got to play the odds, Matt. You got to play the odds. Uh, we got Becton and Max Mitchell. Dwayne Brown is under contract. We're fine, man. We're fine. Just don't let Becton practice or do anything until game one. That's what you do. And then you know he's going to make it. That's what you do. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know, man. I think um, in sh like last year, we all talked about it. We were talking about maybe Evan Neal or Icky. And I was on the side of depending on Becton. And uh, Fant and, you know, using a mid-round pick on just like we did. I was a fan of that. And it blew up in my face uh, right away. Right? It fucking took 15 minutes to blow. Boom! Just blew out. Would oh, you shit. trade Sauce for any of the top no. three tackles? No. Nope. Good. <laughs> yeah. No. No, Sauce ended up being something else, man. Something no, else entirely. No. Special. Right, right. He really did. It wouldn't have been Matt, my pick, you guys know, but I'm, I'm oh, very, very happy with it. Matt, your thoughts on the tackle position with what Dom C said here? Yeah, it's definitely, it definitely still is a need. Um, I, that's another thing. I did a video on earlier this week. Makai Becton was tweeting about like, I'll, I'll be back, LT1. And from yeah. his perspective, I appreciate sure. that mindset, for, mindset from him because if you get hurt and miss two straight years, you have to have that mindset to get yourself back on the field and to be able to play again. I love that for him. The Jets, on the other hand, they don't have to have that same mindset. Yeah. They need to give <laughs> that can't be your plan A. Is be let's rely on the guy who has missed legitimately, like not exaggerating, two straight full seasons. Um, yeah, you. you I'm rooting for him. I want him to be healthy. He's going to be here next year. You're not cutting him. You can't trade him. He's he's depth, and if they need him and he's healthy, he'll play. Do you exercise his fifth-year option? No. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he's LT1. Uh, Tony, 
comes in and says, ask Quinnen Williams, Elijah, and Mims. Uh, Elijah Moore and Mims. Tony, are you talking about... See, this is what happens when I wait too long to answer these things. Um, ask them for... I don't know. What would we? What do you think we would ask them the for? Context. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not context. sure. I wish what there were times. About? I don't know. Tony sent in a super chat that said, "Ask Quinn and Williams, or or maybe it's Quincy Williams, Elijah, and Mims." I have no idea. I don't know what this is in regards to. Any he's ideas? A, he's, he's, yeah, he's saying, "Ask them if Lafleur should stay." That's what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right i guess that's that's a fair uh fair comment uh thomas cahill comes in says should we trade down in round one uh that's an interesting situation because it's not something i was kind of considering i was like oh man i want to get as high as we can you know top 10 would be perfect um which by the way we do have a poll question in the live chat before i get back to thomas's question uh do you want the jets to win or lose week 18 versus the dolphins 300 people have voted on this 56% want to win the game. 44% want to lose. Right? Like, it's it's a weird scenario because, like, how temperamental is Woody Johnson? Is he going to pull the plug on this coaching staff with, like, a rough win? <laughs> like, if that's the case, no. No, I don't want that. I want this coaching staff here. I don't want any rash decisions. Uh, but Let me uh, ask you something. Do you really yeah, believe that Woody Johnson would override Joe Douglas right now? You, do you think that? Like, honest, I'm, I'm no. being serious. I, I, I think he could say we need to hold someone accountable, but I think if Salah goes to bat for LaFleur, I think you bring in a quarterback coach and don't fire LaFleur. I, I don't think it would be wise to create the infighting between those three, Salah, Douglas, and and Woody. Woody may be upset, but I think he should keep his, uh, his mitts off of this one. I agree with that. Yeah. Greenbean, you trading down in round one? Hell yeah. Depends on where we are. Let me ask you guys something, though. Uh, mm. Like, I'm on the side. I'm just sick and tired. I've rooted for a loss the last last game of the season, 11 of the last 12 years. I'm tired of it. It hasn't fucking worked. I'm mm. rooting for a win, snatch little positivity. Unless there is a 10-pick gap. Like, are we 20 and then we could be at 10 or something? I think it's Do 10 to 16 or 10 to 17. Though? I think it's 10 to 17. I think that's, that's the, a lot. The, the range. That's it's pretty, pretty big. But if you're looking at it, I, I don't know what their schedules are. Um, but right now, uh, Washington, Washington's got. I mean, we, most of us play division people. Let's say the Jets win, right? Like, let's call it eight and nine. Um, we're not getting into the playoffs, right? So the farthest we could fall is seventeen, which is where Detroit currently is. Uh, Green Bay and Detroit, I think they play each other, if I'm not mistaken. And I think one of them would win and get into the playoffs uh, this upcoming week. So I think whoever wins that gets in. I don't know. Um, and I guess they put not Tampa you, you Bay. Know, you know, I mean, Ryan's close. He's fishing. He's fishing in the right pond here. Anybody yeah, know? I think. I don't know what their schedules look like. That's the biggest no. thing. To, I wish they. It's, I wish Tankathon showed yeah. like next opponent. It yeah. doesn't show the strength of schedule, which is what I was. Well, show strength to. of schedule. Strength of schedule is fine. So, like, right now, I, I know for a fact the farthest we can pick is seventeen, sixteen or seventeen, and then the highest we can get to is ten. We, we can't get higher than ten. Right. Um. 
So really, if the Jets were to lose and we want to get as high as we can, we need Cleveland to win, Tennessee to win, and New Orleans to win. I would say, you know, I'm not looking too (laughs) too kindly on those teams. I I don't know if I see Tennessee winning. I think they have Dobbs as their quarterback right now. They have a longer losing streak than we do. They lost six in a row, the Tennessee Titans. Mm -hmm. Who else is it? Cleveland? Aren't we? Uh, They were at six right now. Five. No, five. five. And That's right, man. Week. Okay. Come on, dude. Don't no, I don't want to. I know. It counts. Tiny it there does. you go. Right. It counts, man. Exactly. Uh, so, so, yeah, Matt. I mean, so, anyway, would you on. trade down? Trade down in round one? We're sitting at 13 right now. Let's say that's where we finish. Depend. I'm going to take the politician answer. It depends on who's sitting on the board at that time. Is there anyone that is not a tackle that you would take in the first round? Right now, just gut, gut instinct. Uh, no. No, if there yeah, is like I think multiple- it's tackle or trade down for me. Yeah, y- yes, exactly. Uh, especially because you might... Now, obviously the Raiders could cut Carr, but to bring this back to the quarterback conversation, if you want to mm-hmm. give up, I don't know, conditional third round pick, let's say, mm-hmm. or maybe not, but just like a mid-round pick, then you could trade back and recoup some extra value as well. So the car thing's interesting because he has a full no trade clause. I don't think, you know, I, I understand why people would say like, oh, well, he's on a lucrative contract right now. You know, why would he opt out of it? But he's only guaranteed this next year. If he hits the open market, I think he's getting a, like a three-year, $100 million fully guaranteed deal. I think he's getting that Cousins type contract. I think he's 100% getting cut. I don't think there's any way someone trades for him and i don't think he waives the no trade clause for anyone other than like staying in 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 vegas matt do you think that's a a possibility like do you think there's a a possibility he'll trade like he'll accept a trade offer yeah because he could kind of choose where he well i mean he could choose where he goes in free agency too obviously but um yeah i mean if i think if it's a place that he wants to go i don't think uh the raiders want to just lose him for nothing but do you think they'd be willing to pay him the 40 million to keep him like if he says I'm no, not no. waiving the trade clause, like like they have then, to cut him, they cut him. three, three right. days after the Super Bowl, right? Like it's like it comes down to that final hour. Like hey, no, uh, like I want to be a Raider, and they're well, like, okay, someone throw us a conditional pick, like, and then just hope that he doesn't, you know, block it. But it, it seems like, like let's off the top of your head, mm-hmm. I would say the Saints, the Jets, Washington, those are three teams who could be in on the mix, and he Colts, say, Dolphins. Sure. Okay, for sure. For Colts, Dolphins, too. Those five teams. Maybe he has three on that list that he'd like to go to. Then mm-hmm. their GM gets in contact with the ones who are interested and says, hey, let's work something here. And it's not going to be a first. It's not probably not going to be a second. But if it's a mid I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I, I think it's on the table. They could very well just cut him if they're not able to come to an agreement. But I think they're going to really try to get something done in that three-day window after the Super Bowl. I think the only way that works is if they sign him to an entirely new contract. I think that might be the only way Carr says okay to this because $30 million guaranteed versus a fully guaranteed contract to hit free agency and still sign with any team. Because remember, he's going to have to get cut after the Super Bowl, which means he's got a month of negotiating with teams before any free agent can talk to any other teams. Like That's the attractive thing about Derek Carr right now. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Trading down around one, though, does seem... Uh, appealing to me as well. 
Uh, all right, King Blaze comes in. King Blaze says, would you give Lakin Tomlinson another year or replace him? Also, we need to draft our next Hall of Fame center, sign Carr, patch it here. Uh, there's playoffs. Here we come. I would draft a center for sure. I still would try to bring back McGovern. Uh, Matt alluded to his potential price. I think that's definitely a concern. Um, with Lakin Tomlinson, I'm not so sure you keep him. I think he was one of the bigger flub ups. Yeah, yeah. You may have to designate him a June 1st cut. June 1st. Like I would almost be more likely to bring AVT back to the left side and re-sign Herbig for right guard. Greenbean, your thoughts on Lakin Tomlinson? Uh, I'm going to look again. I was looking at this. Again. He's expensive to cut, if I remember correctly. Let me see. Lakin, 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 Lakin. There you are. Okay, so we got... He's an 18.5 pre-June 1st uh, cut. So he costs more to cut than he is to keep. Uh, cut post, he's $14 million dead cap. So you save $3 million. That's a lot of money, boss. I'm just telling you. I think they keep him and they fucking smack him around and they waterboard him a little bit. That's all. You know what I mean? You he's guaranteed $10 million. Dollars. Uh, so as of March, f this is interesting. As of March first, uh, March twenty first, the balance of his salary is guaranteed. So yeah, but it's also the dead cap too, right? You can save some cash, but the dead yeah, cap. Yeah, they paid him a thirteen no. million dollars signing bonus, so that's what you would hit. You would you would get eight no. million of that dead cap plus ten million of his guaranteed salary for next year. So you'd have to designate yeah. him a June first cut. I think, like Greenbean's saying, he's probably here for another year. Based yeah, on and you just gotta you gotta just put you gotta scare him with snakes and shit. You gotta go, hey, hey, don't do that shit. You know stuff like that. I think it might work. I like it. I'm with you. Uh, Trin the Great comes in says, if Zach's the future, get Rogers. They're friends, and he developed well under him. Not my first choice though. I say Carr. He balls out and is durable. Um, yeah, I get the feeling Carr's not going to choose us. My gut feeling is I think he goes to Miami and I think he wants to play with Tyree Kill. I think he saw him enough in the AFC West that he's going to, he's going to lean that direction. It's warm weather. There's no state income tax. There's a lot of, a lot to like about Miami. Um, Rogers to me feels like the most realistic option if they can figure out the money because it allows Douglas and Salah to not give up on the Zach Wilson pick. It allows you to compete for a Super Bowl next year and then have Zach learn. So um, I agree with Trin here. Matt, uh, any additional thoughts here? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I kind of get it, right? Like if that's what they really want to do, if they plan on keeping Zach around and bring in rogers like can they maybe sell themselves on rogers for a year and see what the hell happens with zach maybe um mm -hmm. but I, I i agree i think Carr just makes so much sense for this team i know people don't like it there's a lot of people that don't like it and that's really strange to me but um i, I think it would be a really good fit do you think that you like let's say we had to trade for rogers like Carr and jimmy off the board the Rodgers option comes around. They figure out the money. What pick are you willing to give up? Is it a first or does it have to be lower than that to get Rodgers? You're talking one-year rental. Maybe. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be willing to give up the first rounder because then what I'm in that do you do at tackle? What do you do at tackle? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, the, the – 
Packers are going to have to sell low-ish at some point. And I, I don't think you'll need to give up the first. Like, does a second do it for you? Would you pull the trigger on a second round pick? Is that yeah, worthwhile? I think I, would. I think I would do it for the second, yeah. I think that's probably where I fall to. Um, I don't think it necessarily would take that much, but I think that would be the 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 trigger point for me. Green Bean, your thoughts on uh, Rodgers. What would it take for you to trade for him? It would take them eating his salary, I'll tell you that, a whole shitload of it. Um, you well, know, if you they do, pick. it's like it's a very good. I would give up a first round pick if they could if they ate his salary. Yeah, like that's totally. it's a great 100%. deal for the team that trades for him. Right, hundred percent. I mean, well, the thing is, his, right? Like but you his salary. Let me just get this real quick. His salary. Yeah, yeah. One point. It's it's like two million next year. Yeah. Uh, I think it's what is that? Uh, Seventeen million in twenty four. 31 million in 25. Not that he's necessarily playing that long, and it would be 25 in 2026 if you wanted to hold on to him. But his guaranteed money, it would not be cost prohibitive if the Packers ate the contract. Yeah, I mean, I think there would have to be three willing participants that can move a bunch of that around. You know what I mean? They're not going to eat $99 million, dude. Or what, even mm-hmm. if it's even if it's, it gets to the $30 million, that's the only reason $30 million looks nice is because it's next to $99 million. $30 million dead cap is absurd. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So they, they, they have to figure something else out or else it's it's prohibitive. Um, yeah, and then like even in the next year they eat fucking forty million. Wait, it's like it's yeah. It's, I think it's, it's seventy five over two years. I think that's yeah, where it winds up working. If it's a June first move, yeah, it's nuts. So uh, yeah, there would have to be some willing renegotiating and all that kind of stuff. So Rogers would have to really want to come here, and it's like, all right, well, I already kind of have some issues with Matt Lafleur. Maybe am I going to go to his mm. little brother? You mm. know what I mean? That's fair. I don't know. Seems weird. That is fair. Bill McCoy drops in, says, what about getting offensive tackle Tunsil in free agency? Um, I don't think he's a free agent. Let me hmm. check real quick. Tunsil's contract. Uh, so he has one more year left on his contract. He doesn't have any more guaranteed salary. He is a $35 million cap. So he is going to get cut. I don't think there's any way they let him... Uh, hit them for 35 million in which case let's see what they i don't know i mean maybe right now you're talking they have 47 million dollars going into next year and you have a franchise left tackle there i mean if they're looking at quarterback i could see them eating that salary for one season to make sure their quarterback stays upright yeah Greenbean, you think tonsil hits the market i I know matt seems you're thinking he doesn't hit yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, there's no way he gets that, but they'll renegotiate. He's, I mean, he's still, isn't he a pro bowler this year? I think he is. I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. It's pretty, still pretty, pretty, pretty good. You know, pretty good. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the incentive, I know obviously it clears up if you were to cut him 18.5, but that's still 16.7 of dead money just sitting there when you have an elite level, um, elite level left tackle when you're probably taking a quarterback first overall, that seems counterintuitive to like, you know, protect your franchise guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're more likely to extend him for more years and drop mm-hmm. that cap hit than to move on from him. Um, right. 
Interesting. He's probably not playing on that cap hit, though. I think that's fair. Uh, Harry W. drops in with his 20-month member Super Chat, says, at least we are talking about the draft in January and not in October. Yeah, Dude, thank Harry! goodness. <laughs> Good He's stuff. Right. He is He's right. right. Uh, the Jets show comes in and says, let's produce a youthful team with a winning mindset. Let's kick Miami soft skins ass yeah i want to go down to miami and just put a whooping on them like if right. you want this staff here next year team make it known come out and take care of business bully the dolphins around do not roll over you roll over this is gonna be a long off season with a lot of awkward questions matt you want to beat the miami dolphins this weekend I'm going to go numb. That's what that's my official stance on this is I don't care if they win or lose. I'm going to go numb and whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to get bent out of shape about losing another game and improving the draft stock. I am also not going to get bent out of shape for winning, knocking the Dolphins out and worsening the draft stock. It is what it is. You're not in the playoffs. You shrug. You say, oh, well, and try again next time. Yeah, it's almost kind of nice that Zach Wilson is not starting because at least the quarterback losing the game potentially in Miami will more than likely not be on the roster next year. Uh, and Zach Wilson will be healthy going into 2023, which I think is far more important than him playing in a meaningless game next week. Green Bean, you want to beat the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, again, I, I need to see if it's like a, if it's seven to ten picks, I, I'm going to reframe my argument here. Um, but yeah, man, like, um, look, I've been rooting for the Jets to lose the last game of the year for 11 of 12 years, 2015 being the one and it's done nothing. All right. I mean, yay here, there, like now if we're we missed about out on Mariota. We like, you know, no, year after year, it's like, oh, we win right. that last game. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but here's the thing. It's like, if it was to be like Trevor Lawrence, you know what I mean? So like you had a mm -hmm. target. I don't know, man. Like, we're looking for a an offensive lineman, a defensive tackle, a free safety. We have the needs. I, I don't know. I think this has been a really, really negative second half of the season. I think that if the team can figure out how to grab one shred of positivity at the end to to because we have all these guys are I mean the all the young guys like most of this team is coming back obviously we have the Carl Lawson's and the Corey Davis there's this a nice chunk that might not be but a large contingent is and like the young guys here's here's my fear we have a moniker uh, you know attached to us that you just can't win here now this team remember what we were saying they don't know they're supposed to suck. They don't give a shit about our history. Well, maybe they're all starting to think right now, like, holy shit, maybe you can't win here. You know what I mean? Like, this was epic, this collapse. And I think getting to eight wins, sweeping the Miami Dolphins, splitting with the Bills uh, in, in, in one year when we haven't beaten anybody in the division in, you know, a long time. I forget, what is it, four or five years we haven't beaten anybody. Like, so there are positives to stack up. Again, the collapse is epically negative, but we know what we have at quarterback. Turns out it's nothing. And we can get to eight wins and uh, sweep the Dolphins and things like that. There are positives to stack and, uh, and you know, and stand on. 
to get to the next level. And I think that's pretty important, man. Again, if we were talking about, you know, uh, we're at the fifth pick or the first pick, yeah, okay, yeah, we got our target. And all. We don't even know what the fuck we want. You know what I mean? We're just talking about numbers right now. And I'm tired of rooting for losses at the end, right or wrong. I, I believe me, I get it. Again, 11 fucking years I've rooted for this. So I'm not going to judge anybody, but don't judge me. For wanting to watch one more win, damn it. And that's kind of where I stand, unless it's seven to ten picks. Then, then I gotta I gotta change my mind. I'm just concerned with what happens if we lose. I think if you have Tua and you lose this game, the final game of the year, I think there's it's way easier to swallow than losing to potentially a third string quarterback. I think, especially when the Jets are reeling to begin with. Uh Green Bean, get some qualifiers. Guys, for every 25 likes we get on this video, yeah, we're gonna yeah, pick a t-shirt qualifier at the end of the stream. Fire away. Uh Pooch yeah. Guy comes in. Pooch Guy I'm says insane. I've had to take a lot of BS to support this team. With that said, if Woody Woody's and blows this up, that might be it for me. Pooch Guy, I don't want to see you go. I don't think that's gonna happen. I do think we could see LaFleur get canned. I think at the very least we're getting a quarterback coach in here. Um, but we want to see you hang around. So don't, don't jump off, uh, overboard just yet. Tampa Pete says tired of all these young hotshot coaches, hire Mike Martz to run the offense and call it a day. Um, uh, <laughs> that's Mike Martz. What year is that? Mike That's a let's name. We're 20 Dan years Daly. ago, right? Yeah. yeah let's, 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 Daly. Yeah. We'll okay. go get him. No, for me, I, I, I understand <laughs> being upset with hotshot head coaches, but unless you're going over the top for a coach, like, you have to offer Sean Payton probably $10, $12 million a year on a long, long-term deal, and he's bringing everyone in. You're probably giving him GM responsibilities at that point. I think stability at the coaching staff is so critical, and we finally have a situation where players do want to play for Robert Sell, and I think it's something we shouldn't uh, kind of dismiss right off the bat. Uh, Juan drops in says, what do you think – about using a late pick on wide receiver or trading for Hopkins and cutting Davis. I think the Cardinals are going to have a fire sale this offseason. He can help our young wide receiver room. Uh, let's see. I'm going to pull up his contract real quick and see what we're looking at in terms of next year. So 2023. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it definitely looks like he will be cut or extended. He's got a $30 million cap hit. And they would no, oh, they would only save eight million dollars. So you're talking about a twenty-two million dollar dead cap hit? I don't know. That's a lot. I like Hopkins a lot at 31 years old. I don't particularly want to take him at a twenty million dollar cap hit. Um, I do like that body structure of receiver, though. I will say that that's the type of receiver we're missing. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on Hopkins and possibly trading a pick for a receiver? Hasn't played enough in recent years and I, I don't love wide receivers over 30 years old at at, at this point um he, he obviously has talent but i worry about this kind of reminds me of like the julio jones thing from a couple of years ago like mm -hmm. oh you gotta go out and get julio and he played like six games for the titans mm -hmm. um uh, not for me i don't think Bumtaz drops in says we can get another super talent if we have a top 10 to 12 pick tackle linebacker guard defensive tackle all good positivity comes and goes and has no meaning at the end of the year this year we started out negative 
then positive, then negative. Um, look, Mumtaz is, is making the argument for just losing the last game, getting the better draft pick. I think if you can get yourself the tackle and losing facilitates that, I think that's probably what we should probably root for. But there's so much between now and then. We don't know where these three guys are going to shake out. We had guys that were ranked in like the first round this time last year that were like mid to late round picks. Nicobe Dean was mm-hmm. like, you know, top 15 pick wound up going in like the third or fourth round. So you never know what winds up happening here. Um, so mom says, I think we're, we're kind of on board with you at that, uh, juncture as well. V man comes in, says people complaining about car, not playing well in cold, in the cold, uh, can adapt. Humans can adapt to different climates. They have done it for over 10,000 years. V man, I'll say this. Derek Carr, for those of you guys complaining about him being 0-7 in his career in games below 36 degrees, one, the Jets have not had to play many games that mean anything when we get to temperatures around 36 degrees. Two, we won against Buffalo in perfect weather with Zach Wilson having one touchdown and 150 yards. Derek Carr averages one touchdown a game and has only gone above 220 yards once while playing in the cold. So if you're telling me that's the stat line we could get from Derek Carr, that's a winning formula with Brees Hall and AVT and everything yeah. right there. So I, I'm on board with Derek Carr. I know Green Bean is and I know Matt yeah. is as well. Nope. Um, Cafe, by the way, says, what do you think about Baker Mayfield? I wanted Baker Mayfield in the Sam Darnold draft at this point in time. I do not believe there's any way Joe Douglas and Robert Sala gamble their careers on Baker Mayfield. I would be stunned if that was the case. Matt, your thoughts? Echo what you're saying. I think he is perfect for the Rams to back up Matthew Stafford and slash or take over um, if Stafford decides to retire because of injuries. But um, he needs to be in an amazing, amazing system. The Jets are still working on that right now. I, I don't think, as you said, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are putting all their eggs in the Baker Mayfield basket. Craig Wilton says, uh, good day guys from Australia. Been obsessed with the jets and football since a trip to MetLife in 2018. He actually got to see a win. Thanks for helping me get educated. Craig, thank you so much for watching us. I apologize. You got to stand on your head to watch this stream. Next time (laughs) we'll flip it over for you. So that way you can see it right side Uh up. Uh, But much love to win shit. We don't get that. Every time I've been to a game recently, I haven't seen a win at home since 2015. Me too. Last time I saw a victory. That's a opening day. It was against the Browns. (laughs) I saw the helicopter Fitzpatrick. That building sucks for us. Yeah, it's tough. I think, I think it was 20, the last week, I went the last game of the year in 2016 when Ryan Fitzpatrick came back in to play the Bills and they won to <laughs> improve to 5-11. and 11. I think that's the last win that I saw. Oh, great. Ugh, that's fun. that's yeah. an ugly it's win. It's still fun, though. You know, it's seeing yeah. a win. Like, the bottom line, look, we like the game of football. Well, we that's the Bosa the game, right? Is is that and right? We, is that That's the Bosa draft we, we missed. Oh, no, that was the year. No, that was, that was the Darnold. 20, that was 2018. 26 oh, they took jamal so we wouldn't have had Six. we wouldn't yeah, have had to trade up or no 2017 yeah so we took jamal yeah that was no who was the it was solomon thomas who was the other pick that early on trubisky was one solomon uh, thomas. was uh wasn't there like a big pick like just ahead of us now i'm not talking like mahomes and watson that year i thought there was something else. Corey davis was the pick ahead of us god who am i missing at four i don't know Whatever. Uh, sorry. Thomas Cahill 
comes in and says, best case scenario, Jets win big at Miami, White balls out and solidifies his place. We can focus on other positions. Thomas Cahill, there's nothing Mike White can show me in this final game that would have me relying Joe Douglas's or Sal's yeah. career on this final game. As much as I really like Mike White, like the only situation I have Mike White back here next year, I think is if we get Jimmy Garoppolo and Mike White's the backup. I don't think I'm I'm leading with Mike White unless things go awful in this offseason. Green Bean, your thoughts? Yeah, Thomas, I love you, buddy. But Mike White already showed us what he's going to be doing for us, and that's backup or nothing. You know, I'm saying, you know, I don't know. He 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 could literally throw for 400 yards, and I don't. I think it's. I don't think he's our starter. You can't, man. You can't mm-hmm. put the stock in him. Our playoff lives were on the line, even though there were drops, and he was kind of betrayed in some way. He looked like Zach. Honestly, it mm-hmm. felt the same. It looked the mm-hmm. same. And uh, if he wins a meaningless game, it doesn't doesn't mean anything because it's meaningless. I, I think uh, Mike White is already proven or showed us what he's going to do. Uh, RJ McPot says, highest possible draft position if we win on Sunday. Uh, let me try and figure out rough math. Uh, I, I guess the, the highest possible pick would be 17. I, I, it's either 16 or 17. That's the highest we can get because we can't get into the playoffs. And the first team out of the playoffs is 18, uh, which is the Dolphins pick right now. So I guess if we win, no, we can't even, we can't eclipse their win percentage. So Miami would still be picking right. after okay. us, you know, because of their, their strength of schedule. Detroit, if they lost, they would, it would, it would, dep- it would come down to strength of schedule. They have a 0.535. We have a 0.532. So depending on how uncommon opponents handled their final weeks, that would determine if we could get 16 or 17. Um, so a little bit of stuff, weird stuff there. If we, if we win, um, Sam Aiken comes in, says we have a championship defense. Let's get a healthy quarterback car that will spread the ball around. Car for me, there's there's a theory in uh, in Raiders land right now, and I posted it under my Derek Carr video that I made last week, and I suggest you guys take a look at it because there's some interesting theories about how Josh McDaniels is handling the quarterback situation and how the Raiders had Carr, uh, they were going to move on from Carr dating back to when they, they brought in McDaniels. Um, so I... There's a theory out there that McDaniels was um, submarining the season with Carr and intentionally calling bad plays and intentionally getting them in weird situations. The Raiders this year lost three times after having a 17-point lead. They had, I think, two additional times that they lost 10-point leads. Like, it was like goofy like for as good of a quarter as good as a coach as mcdaniels is supposed to be he's doing things that smart coaches do not do and maybe he's just a bad coach but i think there's far more consistency from Derek carr um than what we've seen this year and some of the the clips of him talking about like okay we're gonna handle things in the locker room we're gonna handle things as a team uh you know i'm doing what josh asked me to do those types of comments lead me to believe carr is not in the wrong and I would risk uh, gambling on him over, you know, some other potential uh, people. But Sam, I completely agree. I think there's uh, a lot to like with the championship defense here. Uh, NY Jets 24 says if the Jets lose a third string, uh, lose to a third string quarterback, Woody will be firing a lot of coaches. I completely agree. I think Salah's job may not be safe if we get, if we lose by any sort of like, like if we look flat and we lose. I don't know if anyone's safe. I think all 
anything could be on the table at that point. I, I, I do think we look at the offensive side of the ball, and I think they do try to say, okay, three seasons from this coaching staff, but losing that many games in a row after being six and three heading into the bye, um, I can understand heads rolling. Bronx Kid says, Leonard Fournette was number four, Ryan, in the 2017 draft. What's up? Um, okay, so I guess I was wrong. So we really didn't miss out on too many people. The, the pick would have been Patrick Mahomes if you could you know, go back and redo it over again. Ugh, brutal. Absolutely brutal. Guys, we raised a bunch of money tonight between the first stream and the second stream. Uh, I'll have to go back and... and count everything up but it's a nice sizable chunk well over uh seven hundred dollars i think is what it looks like so so good stuff guys uh nice little donation that we can make here uh so let's go around our panel we've hit the uh the end here uh oh green bean you got our uh, our qualifiers yeah i'm really disappointed tonight we have 570 people in here we didn't break 200 likes uh with combined so, uh, I mean, the other one, I only had, what, two? And now I have, I'll put another one in there for good measure. But come on, guys, you got to do it, man. There's three. We could have so many more qualifiers, 380 of you. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Remember, it's not <laughs> just you. likes for Ryan, it's likes for you. It's like so I can add more of you to the t shirt giveaway, everybody. Love it. So, yeah, I got love it. All right, let's fire away. We're not going to. Go to last week's stream because we didn't do one last week. Uh, we skipped the week. Um, and then I haven't had the retweet thing up, so we're not going to do that tonight. So, Green Bean, how many qualifiers we got? We got six? Well, it's Almost flying. six? It, well, it's flying up right now. We just got like literally 50. So let me just do two more. Uh, let's see. The Neverman guys. Oh, Lee Niedermeyer did it twice in a row. You can't do that. Fucking Lee's cheating. Lee's Niedermeyer. Cheater. <laughs> I know every week it picks me at least once. And he's again third. Come on, Nightbot. <laughs> Nightbot's a jerk. I'm telling you. No bot. idea what Everybody Nightbot. Goes, everybody's like rigged. Every time it happens. All right, come on. Oh, I did it wrong. Wait, okay, here we go. Oh, sorry. All right. Here we go. Throwing in Who's random next? commands. Does it a fourth what time we're, we're ending it? Come <laughs> Does it a- hey. Paris. Okay, Paris. I'll oh, do one right. more. Let's see who and we get. One more. Great Jet Shark drops in with a $10 super chat at the end, going towards the Chasing M's Foundation. Thank you so much, Great Jet Shark. You are a champ. Omar R. Omar R. And I stuck a And Camille Lodgson. Okay. Omar R. And Camille Logsdon, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Logsdon. All right. Yeah. Logsdon. Sorry. All right. Log. All right. Got it. We're even here. Three, two, one. Eight. Is that a one? Nine. Yeah. yeah. Got an odd. All right. Odds. Here we go. The cat's out. Gone. Joe Campioni's out of here. Scott Bombchick, you're gone, buddy. Uh, Rusty Spooner, you're out. Uh, Least Niedermeyer, with all the times you qualified, you're out. Omar's out. That's it. We got one, two, three, four, five, six left. All right. Three, two, one. Three plus eight is 11. That's an odd. 
Oh, Harlan Dude, Abraham. I'm gonna need. Out. I'm gonna have Shay in here at some point when she's learning her numbers, and she's gonna have to learn how to count all the fingers on the screen. It's gonna be eleven. Yeah, it's great. A she just started waving. Here. She does this wave that's like this. It's dainty and amazing, and I love it. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, everything's the best. So, Drug Monkey's out, and Camille Logsdon Art, you are out. All right, three left. Ooh, three left. Chat, give us a number, plus whatever we throw up. Three, two, one. Matt's got a six. I've got a seven. Uh, and Green Beans got eight, nine. So, we got nine, nine, plus whatever number pops up in the chat. Three. Ooh, for Sorless. Good stuff. Oh, three oh, for Damar. Look at the three. We got three threes right in a row. Love it. Absolutely so love we got, it. We got an even? We got an even. All right. That cakes. Jets gang, you're out. We got two. All right. Final numbers three. Final numbers three. So that's an odd. Paris is out. Jeffrey R is the winner. Jeffrey yep, R. Jeffrey R. Jeffrey R., thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Hit me up on social media. Let me get your information so we can send you out a, uh, a T-shirt for hanging out with us tonight. Guys, thank you so much for all the incredibly generous donations. This is going for a really good cause. Guys, let's head around our panel. Let's give our closing thoughts. Green Bean, any last words for our panel? Yeah, very quickly. I started a morning show Tuesday through Saturday, 9 a.m. It's called Good Morning Jets. Come hang out. It's like 45 minutes. We have some fun. And we're going to do an after hours tonight. Why not? 1030, my channel will hang out till the wee hours of the night. Ooh, there you go. Matt, any thoughts for our panel? I will say I am a big fan of the morning show from Green Bean because that's usually when I'm doing my edit. I'm doing my editing and I have him on my other screen. I'm like, this is the best start to my day. Um, but I have just I have just Jets coming out tomorrow, 8 a.m. We're talking about here's a good one. We're debating if the uh, season was a success or a failure. So you got that Ooh. to chew on. Ooh, that's really good. Oh, I can't wait to watch those guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for all the donations. My name's Ryan. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S! I think every single person in this locker room is a competitor at the highest level. So, yeah, when you feel as if your back's against the wall, you never have to feel like you got to do it by yourself. Under pressure, sacked by Quinnen Williams. Got it. You look to your left and your right, you got guys out there with you that, that our whole point is to help each other. This one the Mims. That's Corey Davis climbing the ladder. To be able to go out and, and lead these guys, just to know how hard these guys work and how important it is to them, and then you get that chance to, to lead them. Everything that happened that needed to happen for us, it almost felt like kind of like a sign, like, Get like a second chance almost. Gets extra pushes, running left. Maybe a little extra life breathing in the locker. Touchdown, Jets!